Hello, friends. Welcome, welcome back to the True Feminine Podcast. My name is Rachel with a new last name. So, my name is Rachel Green. Now, I used to be Rachel Farrell. So, I'm going to work on transitioning that because, uh, yeah, that is a new thing for me because I just got married three weeks ago and it's been amazing. It's been an amazing time. So, but anyway, I'm excited about this week's topic. Um, you know, one of the things that I wanted to kind of address with you girls is emotional maturity. Um, also known as being emotionally healthy. So, um, this could look like a number of different things, but I decided to come up with a list of them and kind of go through them with you. Some I'll elaborate on, um, some I will just, you know, kind of skim through just to give to you. Um, another thing that I wanted to say is that this list that I'm going to go through, it actually works both um, for man, men and women. So oftentimes I'm you know, referring to one sex or the other, but in this case, this goes with for humans, um, but it's also extremely relatable in your dating life and um, just checking on yourself to make sure, hey, am I emotionally mature or where am I at on the emotional maturity spectrum? And also is the man I'm with, where is he at? What does that look like in his life? And just things to kind of be aware of. So I'm going to jump right in. Um, number one, okay, the number one thing. So a person who is emotionally mature usually realizes that most of the bad behavior that comes from other people mostly comes down to fear and anxiety. So for example, what do I, what do I mean by this? I mean that when a man um, or woman is behaving in a way that is maybe outrageous or um, rude or angry or um, they pull away, they withdraw, all those types of things. This is typically stemming from fear and anxiety. The root cause of this is typically coming from fear and anxiety. Now, again, I'm no psychologist um, or psychiatrist, um, and so this is why I highly, I always highly recommend going to see a counselor or a therapist or something because um, what they do is they can really ask you questions that can lead you back to all the things in your past that have caused this fear and anxiety. Life coaches can help with that too, but um, I'm always a big advocate for both a life coach or a healing coach or um, a dating coach. I mean, I'm a dating coach, um, but... Therapists are very, very highly, amazingly trained in that. So just going to put that out there. So just be aware of that, right? So if I withdraw or your man is withdrawing or um, if you are reacting, getting a little crazy or whatever's going on or wanting to overly control a situation, um, this is all stemming from a place of fear and anxiety. So before you take your re the rejection, the withdrawal, the anger, whatever the thing is that is coming towards you, before you take that personally, I want you to first recognize and realize that this is coming from a place of fear and anxiety. So I'm going to give you an example with my man. Um, this is, you know, one thing I absolutely love about him and I talk about uh, 
to pe I talk to people about him, and I always mention that he's actually a, a little bit younger than I am, uh, my husband. And but the one thing that I really loved about him and recognized early on was that he was extremely emotionally mature. I always say that he had a high emotional intelligence. And for an example, for my number one thing over here, an example of that would be, you know, I'm a girl, right? And occasionally us girls have some meltdowns, right? Um, one time I had a little bit of a panic attack and, oh my gosh, or, you know, when I was getting scared or afraid, you know, I was learning how to be vulnerable. So I would just tell him instead of withdrawing and running away, I would just say, hey, you know what? This doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't make me feel safe. And um, rather than my man running from me or being like, wow, this girl's cuckoo, why are you scared? What's up? Um, he would come towards me and he would acknowledge and recognize that I'm coming from, this is all stemming from a place of fear and anxiety. And the reason that I need more communication or more this and that is because the root cause of everything that I'm going through is fear for my past. And he was able to really recognize that, acknowledge that, and um, almost kind of comfort that and validate that it's a deeper thing going on instead of just saying, wow, you're crazy. Um, and so that was how I knew, well, that was one of the reasons I knew that, you know, he had a high emotional intelligence and he could be somebody that I could potentially grow with and trust. And so I did and we got married. Uh, but uh, moving right along, number two. So number two, you learn that what's in your head girls, what's going on in your head cannot automatically be understood by other people. Okay. You realize that unfortunately you're going to have to articulate your thoughts and feelings with the use of words. Okay. So I want to stop there and say, it's so funny because, you know, I, I babysat my nephew from the time he was like two years old to five. And, you know, between two and four, you're, well, two and three, you're really learning words, you're learning how to talk. And when I would babysit him and he would start, you know, crying or maybe about to throw a fit or something, one of the things I always would say to my little two to five-year-old nephew is I would say, okay, Gabriel, I would say, use your words. I was like, okay, I understand you're upset, but can you tell me what you're upset about? Can you use your words? And it's so funny because, you know, on a spectrum of emotional maturity, oftentimes so many of us adults do not know how to use our words in expressing what is actually going on inside of us. So we end up acting like a three to five-year-old um, kid who is getting emotional and doesn't quite know how to express what he or she actually needs. And so because we're all so new oftentimes in dating and, you know, we don't get a lot of training in dating or relationships, nobody teaches that in school and your parents don't quite tell you too much. And so all you learn from is TV and movies and maybe some other friends of yours. So um, that leaves us usually at a low emotional intelligence. And depending how our parents modeled anything, um, we typically tend to be that little three-year-old when it comes to our 
emotional age um, and growth, I should say. So it's interesting that, you know, unfortunately we do have to use our words, but what do we tend to do when we get, uh, when we freak out, we get upset and things are bothering us? Oftentimes as grown adults, we do not meet this with maturity, especially when we're in a heightened emotional relationship with somebody. So we don't use our words a lot of times. What do we what do we tend to do? We tend to freak out. We want to start taking control of things. We want to pull away. We want to run away. We want to sabotage the relationship. Or maybe we want to, um, you know, go off. Right? Kind of think of think of a toddler, right? Or you know, a three to five year old. When they're upset, sometimes they don't really know how to use their words. So what do they do? If you've babysat before, you've experienced kids, sometimes they will literally throw themselves on the ground and kick and scream. And it's because they don't have the vocabulary yet. And they're learning emotional maturity. This is the very beginning of this child learning emotional maturity. And so what do we tend to do, ladies? Sometimes we go off. Sometimes we cry. We scream. We get mad. We yell back. We withdraw, we refrain, we stop talking altogether. We do all the things that are dysfunctional instead of just using our words to express what it is that we actually need. And we don't, oftentimes do not know how to articulate our thoughts and our feelings through words. So another part of this and recognizing if you are emotionally mature or the person you're dating is emotionally mature, uh, sorry, emotionally mature, is you also realize you cannot fairly blame other people for not getting what you need until you've spoken calmly and clearly. So I know this is tough, but, um, you know, just ask yourself, do some self-evaluation. How do you handle situations? Do you use your words clear? and calmly and are you articulating what it is that you need um, or are you struggling with that and actually just ask yourself that question and then answer it or are you afraid so for me and my past I was afraid to be honest like I was actually so terrified to actually tell a man and this was in a romantic relationship to tell him exactly what it was that I needed and how I felt because I, that that means I would have to be vulnerable, and I, you know, being vulnerable felt so naked, and it felt so like, oh my gosh, and um, but and I always thought it was such high risk to tell him exactly what I was feeling, because then he might think I'm too needy, or that I need too much, or I'm I'm too much, and he'll leave me. <laughs> So I used to think these things and it wasn't until I was in this relationship with my now husband that I practiced these things and I said, you know what, I'm going to share and articulate with my words what it is that I really, really need and if he leaves me and he's not up for that, that's okay and I have to be okay with that and accept that and then move forward. But or my other option is I can just kind of tell him a little bit of how I feel and then be a little bit upset inside when most of my needs are not being met. 
So I want to preface, I want to just add that when I'm saying these things, here's what I'm not saying, girls. I'm not saying to be overly needy and be so, so specific and crazy on the things that you need. So for example, like don't take this to the extreme where you're like, well, I need him to bring me red roses once a week. I need him to, mm, sorry, I took a sip of my coffee, but I need him to, um, I need him to take me on a fancy date once every two weeks. I mean, don't get like super rigid and crazy about it, but like simple things like, you know, for me, I wanted to, when my man was at work, cause he's a, a firefighter and so they work 24 hour shifts. So, you know, I kind of wanted to hear from him twice a day. It was new to me. I didn't know. I didn't understand it. Now I only need to hear from him before it gets bed at night. But before, when I was getting to know him, it felt better and good to me and more secure for me if he would call me in the middle of the day and before I went to sleep. And so guess what, girls? Instead of pretending like, oh, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, and then being upset and bitter about that, I articulated that with my words. I used my words, my big girl words, and I told him, hey, you know what? I This is new to me, and it would feel... Uh, really good to me if I could hear from you twice a day while you're at work. Nothing crazy, just saying hi and hearing what's going on. And I said, I don't know that I'll be like that forever, but you know, for now, that's kind of what I need. Is that something that you're open to? So remember, you're negotiating with a man you are not demanding. You're just saying, this would feel good to me. Is that something you would be open to? And he said, yeah, that's fine for me. And he showed emotional maturity by not dissing that need, but simply saying, sure, yeah, I can make that happen. And then he did it and he showed follow through. So, um, but it took me using my words, okay, articulating, articulating. Okay, so I'm checking my time. I try not to go too long on these things. Um, next, I'm going to move right along. Okay, number four. You, or sorry, I think I'm on number three. <laughs> You learn that you do sometimes get things wrong and you take the steps necessary to apologize from time to time. So a great sign of emotional maturity is your ability to apologize. Now, don't over-apologize. This is not about you being a doormat. This is not about you being like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's just recognizing that, hey, you know what? Sometimes I got that wrong. And hey, you know, I assumed wrong, so I apologize for that to your man and then same with your man, a man who is somebody who can easily apologize as well um, when he needs to. So uh, next, I think I'm on number four. Um, you learn to be confident, but you don't get your confidence by realizing that you are great or better than other people. You get it by realizing that, hey, you know what? Everyone else is a little scared, a little messed up, and a little lost too. And this just puts you on the same playing field as everyone else. So it's just recognizing that, hey, I have flaws. And guess what? Every other human around me, no matter what their title is, no matter if they're the president or the king or the queen of the land or a celebrity, they have flaws as well. And so I don't need to go cower and hide away with my flaws. I can just be confident in realizing the fact that we all have flaws. And we all have shortcomings and we're all scared and we're all nervous and we're all going through stuff. 
And so, hey, I can be confident. Um, and so just wanted to add that. And moving right along, so another sign of emotional maturity is you are able to forgive your parents because you realize they didn't put you on this earth to insult you or hurt you or harm you. Um, but if they have hurt you in some way that you can recognize as an emotional mature person, you can recognize that they were just out of their depth and they were struggling with their own demons of their own. And you know, anger, their anger oftentimes may point um, towards you, but you have to just understand that going back to that playing field that, hey, you know what, they're hurt too and they were going through stuff. And so now I can just forgive them and realize and recognize that, wow, if I really actually knew their whole story, I could see and understand that, you know, they were hurting a lot too and they went through a lot and they were struggling themselves and raising me. So just wanted to add that because parents are, parents are really important. So I also want to add something else in this on this topic. I once dated a guy, um, I mean, extremely briefly. And he was a Christian and I thought he was so great and all this stuff. He was hot, whatever. And I was hanging out with him, you know, one of the first times like solo by myself with him. And his mom had died, but when he was really obsessed with his mom, which it's very sad if a parent dies. So I totally understand that. But one of the weird things about him was that he, um, one of the weird things about him is that, or something that I thought was odd is how mad he was at his parents or sorry, at his dad. And he just would be like, yeah, my dad just drives me crazy. And he started just almost like bad mouthing his dad a little much. And it was like very apparent and obvious that he had not had, it's like he didn't really have forgiveness towards his dad. He had bitterness. And so that was a red flag to me, listening to him talk about how he was so angry at his dad and um, how he thought his dad should have done better. And he was super judgmental of his dad. And, um, and so it was very odd to me and he expressed it a lot. And I saw that as a big red flag and it was actually a big turnoff to me because he had this inability almost to forgive his dad. So I want to bring up my husband now. You know, he has some issues with his dad, and his dad is like, mm, you know, got, got issues, right? But as mad as he can be at his dad, he still is also loving and forgiving and tries to have a relationship with him. He just changes his expectations from him. So again, that is a sign of emotional maturity when you can do that. Um, so beware of that when you're um, entertaining the idea of a partner um, or anything like that. Okay, so, oh my gosh, I am running out of time. I might have to do a part two to get to the rest because I try to not go over 20 minutes, but um, I want to touch on this last one. Well, I might do two more. Okay. So here's another one. This is really important. I did a whole story on it on my Instagram today, this morning. And this is, um, if you're an emotional mature person, you learn the influence of small things when it comes to mood, okay? The power of mood. Can I get an amen? Our moods are always changing. They're fluctuating. They're, we Every single person has about a whole bunch of different moods throughout the whole day. So for example... So when you are going to talk to your partner, 
and you are going to have a tough conversation. You want to be very careful of what type of mood everybody is in. So for example, you're aware of bedtimes, you're aware of blood sugar, you're aware of alcohol levels, you're aware of degrees of background of stress and things of that nature. So as a result, you realize to never bring up an important issue that could cause tension until everyone is well rested, no one is drunk, you've had some food, nothing else is alarming you, and you're not rushing out the door to be somewhere. So many times people bring up tough conversations um, really at terrible times. And so timing is everything in life, okay? So you want to make sure that, okay, so I'm gonna give you an example. When I was dating my husband, my now husband, Sometimes I seemed to always want to bring up these deep, tough conversations super late at night with him. And my man is not a night owl, okay? Like 10 p.m., his eyes are like drooping. He cannot stay awake. And But I would be ready to bring up a tough conversation. And he finally said to me one day, he said, Babe, you know, you always bring these conversations up really late at night when I'm super tired and I'm falling asleep. And he's like, can we just have these conversations? I don't mind having them. I like having them. I'm open to them. But I would re really appreciate it if we could have these conversations more like at a better time earlier during the day, something like that. And I was like, wow, like, again, emotional maturity from him. And I thought, oh my gosh, but I like talking late at night because I'm a night owl. That's how I felt. But the reality is, is that I had to accept that. That's how he is and realize that I'm going to get more out of our conversation if I choose to have it at a better time where he is not exhausted and falling asleep. So you want to be aware of that. Make sure that when you're having a conversation that you've eaten, your partner's eaten, that you guys aren't hungry and hangry and mad. Um, you want to make sure that your partner or yourself that you both have not had a super stressful day. If you had a stressful day, guess what's going to enhance in the tough conversation that you're about to blow up on him? You're going to blow up and get crazy. Um, you want to make sure that you guys aren't drinking. When you're drinking and you have tough conversations, that usually doesn't end well. Um, so just be aware of all of these things. Don't have a Don't bring up a really rough conversation like hey i found something weird on your phone as your husband has to leave or sorry your man has to leave and is walking out the door uh don't do that i've done all of these things it's not beneficial you want to pick better times to have tough conversations so i'm going to put that out there um and then uh let me look at what i have okay i want to say this okay i'll end on this one because i am pushing my time I have a lot more, but um, lastly, I'll say this. You do not believe in perfection in all areas of your life. You draw towards what is good enough. So you realize that many things in life will be frustrating, but it's good enough. Okay, so people who are perfectionists are probably the most miserable people. <laughs> um, sorry, if you're perfectionist listening to this, but perfectionism... Uh, it, it just lets you down a lot. Why? Because people and things are just not perfect. So oftentimes you're wanting your man to be perfect. You want him to ask you out. So I'm going to use an example. This girl messaged me the other day. She's talking to a guy on Hinge. And this is completely anonymous. But, you know, uh, she said that, you know, the guy kind of said, hey, we should go surfing sometime. 
And she said to me, she goes, well, I'm kind of hesitant about that because I don't really feel comfortable surfing on a first date. I would hate for our first date to be surfing. And, you know, I just feel like it would be awkward. And she was thinking of all these things, like, you know, overthinking it. And um, what I said to her, I said, well, that's what the man offered. That was his offer to you. He didn't offer a fancy date. He didn't offer a coffee date. He offered that. And so because this is the very beginning and he should be initiating things, you have to receive what he has offered if you want to get to know him. Later on, you can negotiate maybe, hey, you know, I'd really like to go out, you know, to dinner sometime. That would feel good to me, you know, if we didn't just always surf. Are you open to that? You can say things like that later on. But at first, if this man asked you that, that's what you get. And you can either receive that and say, yeah, love to do that. Or just let the opportunity pass. So my point to this is, it's almost like we get caught in exactly how we want something to be. Or perfect, right? We want our first, I've heard this many times from girls, you know, I want this kind of date. I want that kind of date. I want this, this, and that, right? And we get so caught up in perfection and what we want and that uh, that we actually miss, miss out on just being present, miss out on the little things, miss out on the imperfections. And sometimes the imperfections are beautiful and they're kind of cute and they're great. And so if you can, it, you, it, it allows you to be much more go with the flow um, if you can let go of perfection um, and recognize that, hey, you know what? There's no perfect people. There's no perfect date. There's no perfect this, this, and that. Even when you see pictures on Instagram of, you know, men and women going on dates and they're just so perfect and they're beautiful and they're this, this, and that. Well, here's the thing. Maybe that date looked perfect, but I'll bet you the person setting the date up was super stressed about it. Maybe uh, you don't know that the couple was in a big fight that day. You don't know that. I mean, we just don't know what's actually going on in the day, right? And um, you don't know that the man was trying to surprise his his girl and she was fussy the whole day before. I did this with my man one time. I was so fussy and I was like, well, I thought we were going to go out to eat. And he had like the most beautiful outdoor picnic by the beach set up for me and he was like gosh you won't stop you know and I was trying to take control and I kind of wanted it to be something else and I didn't know what he was doing because I could not relax and I wanted things to be perfect so be aware of you wanting things to be perfect and being so obsessed with perfection rather than being um good with just good enough so um that's what I'm going to say today I'm going to end there because I have gone over what I normally go into. So that's all I have today. I hope that was super helpful for you girls. DM me, okay, or leave me a review or a comment below and tell me in writing somewhere if this was helpful to you and what stood out the most from this podcast to you or what you are going to implement in your life. So a lot of you send me lots and lots of amazing messages on Instagram all the time, and I absolutely love them. They make my day, and I love helping you girls, and I try to help you as much as I can. But it would be really helpful if you could take all those amazing, sweet, nice comments and put them in a podcast review below. Um, when you do that, it helps get the show out to other people. So if you could just take a couple minutes and go below and leave a review, I would really appreciate that. So anyways, I hope you guys have an amazing day, an amazing week, 
and I will catch you on the next episode next week. God bless you. Have an amazing day. We'll talk soon.